everyone and welcome back to the Rainbow Dice Club. We are an LGBTQ2IA plus actual play D&D 5E podcast coming to you from wherever you get your podcasts from. My name is Lex, my pronouns are they, she, and I am your dungeon master for this evening and I'm joined by our wonderful cast. You all can introduce yourselves. Don't make me call names. <laughs> Dusty. Dusty. Hello, everyone. My name is Dusty. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Ivy Nightbreeze Tinker Fay. Her pronouns are she, her. And did you know that great white sharks control their buoyancy through their bladders? No. Nice. I did. <laughs> it's a good one. Hi, my name is Zoop or Supriya. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ziva, whose pronouns are also she, her. And um, no, that's what I got. <laughs> Works for me. Hello everyone, my name is Wayra. My pronouns are she, they. And I play Varys, whose pronouns are he, they. His pronouns are daddy. <laughs> Her, his pronouns are dad and e, daddy. <laughs> Hi, my name is Ariana. My pronouns are she, her. I play Alara Spinnelspark, whose pronouns are she, her. And I have my window open because I've been watering my plant with no bottom <laughs> on it for all winter and there's mold growing on my carpet. So uh, that's what I got today. <laughs> Today's episode includes being buried alive, emotional distress, flashbacks, fantasy violence, nightmares, past coming back to haunt you, profanity, and suicidal ideation. Last time, the group met up with Ivy's mom, and Ziva stole one of Vassell's shoes. They all went to talk with Titania, and not only learned more about Nemeth, but also learned that the dragonfly Ziva caught was in fact more of a cursed spell than a real creature. Titania, looking to keep an eye on her quote-unquote adoptive daughter, gives Ivy a rainbow stone with the ability not only to send audio back to her, but also record it. The group leaves for Xanmon and talk about possible strategies for dealing with Nemeth, and run into the little underdark pixie again, resulting in them all agreeing to never speak to it ever again. We open just after the group agreed not to talk to the little shits anymore. You all have traveled all day, the sun disappearing behind the trees, would you like to find a place to camp for the night? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that Varys and Ziva are going to take first watch. Is that okay, Ziva? Mm -hmm. Varys and Ziva, would you like to make individual perception rolls or elect one of you to roll perception at advantage? I think that Ziva probably has the higher perception. That is a 13. Everything's fine. Ziva is... Drawing a picture. Ferris is just working on the earring, um, kind of taking some wiring and winding it around the stone, you know? All right. At the end of your guys' watch, you want to go wake up the other two for their shifts? Mm-hmm. All right. Alara and Ivy, first of all, make your perception checks, please. I will advantage you. I have 17 and 18. You hear some rustling in the leaves, but you don't see anything untowards or anything that would give you pause. So Ivy is going to take some strips of fabric and rope and like little trinkets out of her backpack. And as they do watch, she's going to start carefully braiding all of these things together. There's like some colorful cloth, some rope, some beads, little trinkets here and there. Okay, cool. Alara, are you doing anything this time? Yeah, she's got this blue stone that she's been working on since before they left Dragon's Nest. She has her Book of Runes out, 
and she's carving just runes into this like really, really tiny little blue stone. Wayra, call heads or tails? My brain said heads, so I'm going to go with tails. Varys, as you drift into your sleep, fuck, you realize that you're back where you were the night before, standing amongst that sea of people. The crowd spans far enough in each direction that you cannot clearly make out an end. Yet you have this unsettling feeling that you know them all, and they sure as hell know you. As you look around, you see that they all vary in vivacity, with some so bright and clear like they are ingrained in your mind. You see them every time you close your eyes, after all, as if they were burned into the backs of your eyelids. There's a flashback to a conversation with Alara not too long ago. You always remember the first few. You realize who they are now. They were the first. You look around them all again, some clearer than others. Some were people you knew, some you liked, some were just jobs, and some, well, <laughs> they were personal. All at once they turn to you, previously vacant eyes and emotionless faces flashing between several different emotions as if swapping out masks, agony, terror, sorrow, rage. They step closer to you, the closer they get, the more deranged and defaced they become, a reflection of how you left them. They force you back into the clawing hands of the ones who were personal, and they waste no time grabbing at you. You, Linda, decaying and mangled, half out of the ground clawing at your legs, a flash and you see her as she was that day illuminated by a raging inferno and dying at your feet in a pool of her own blood, grabbing onto your leg and pleading for a mercy that never came. One hand grabs your shoulder, sinking claws into it. Or wait, are they teeth? You look and meet the red eyes of your half-brother Desian, lost to a madness and hunger as he burns alive staked to the wall. You know there are more around you, more hands tearing away at flesh belonging to the others who were there that night. Hear them taunting, laughing, screaming, pleading. You put your hands to your head, trying to force it all away, only to feel something warm and sticky as your hands smear onto your head. You slowly pull your hands away and look down, they flash between images, distorted and mirrored, between yours and his. Yours, smooth and gray, albeit slightly calloused. His, scarred, tanned skin, dripping, familiar enchanted chains hanging from the wrists. The blood stains your skin and you cannot scrub it away, no matter how hard you try, the smell permeating the air. The masses overtake you. They rip, tear, and grab at you until you no longer see, wailing and screeching until all is just a torrent of agony around you, an agony you caused. Then you're plunged into darkness. It's dark, cold, familiar. 
Is that water? The sound of chains rattle as you float in this nothingness, like a distant echo, a lingering threat, or perhaps a promise for the future. It feels as though you've been there forever, and yet no time at all. Suddenly your vision returns and that warm red liquid is all you can see, all you can smell, and all you can taste. You're suspended in it, free floating in the blood that your hands have spilled. Rage, destruction, revenge, there is nothing else. The hands return, then blackened and rotting as they grab you, pulling you deeper and deeper beneath the surface. Monster, Yulinda says. Weapon, Matthias corrects. Cursed, Visha sneers. Damned, Tristan shouts. Resented. Suddenly your throat feels like you swallowed glass, your lungs burn like acid, like fire, and your vision is going white at the sides. You're drowning. You know this, and yet you do not feel the need to fight. The pain subsides eventually. It wasn't the worst you've ever felt. And now you feel almost light, almost free. You've felt this before too, right before the burning and the screams. But you forgot about that. At the same time, we're going to swing over to Ziva. Holy shit. Ziva, you're back under the tent, wrapping up some of your aerial silks as you hear a set of footprints approach from behind you. Bettina runs up and excitedly hugs you at the waist. Do you want to do some practice? She asks. I know. I'll, I'll get that move right today. She grabs the silks from you and moves to set them up. She begins to wrap the silks around her, readying herself to be hoisted into the air for the routine. The silks lift up. High, higher, higher, too high. Bettina twists and turns herself in the silks, preparing her for a controlled draw that should catch her partway down to the ground. Diva, watch me! I know I got the wrap right this time! And she lets go of the silks that have been twisted and turned around her little body, and she falls. The silks unravel as Bettina plummets and twists to the ground. She hasn't stopped falling. She was supposed to stop falling. You run, this time the distance too far to ever possibly try and catch her. Bettina falls and hits the ground, shattering like glass hitting a concrete floor. Shards radiating out in a star-like pattern all around. You fall to your knees and all of a sudden, everything is black. Where did she come from? Someone has to be missing her. But who leaves a baby on a mountaintop? Well, she's safe with us now. Words followed by the same voices yet again. We can't take her, it's too dangerous. She'll only hold us back. We're going to have to leave her behind. It's the only way. You see another halfling standing in front of you. This time the woman looks older with curly black hair cascading down her back and her dark skin tattooed and calloused. Mina bends down to look at you. I wish you wouldn't hide like that little one. You'll get lost if you keep doing that. I just can't keep her. The money's run out. 
She's going to have to go to the home. I'll send them to her when Mina catches herself. If they come back. You walk up to a trio of people huddled together. You see Varys's pink hair, Alara's green coat, Ivy's blue hue. They don't startle as you approach. Look, she ran off. She disappeared. What were we supposed to do? Go look for her? How long were we expected to look for someone who runs off without clear direction? Says Varys. I know, I know. Look, she's just lost. After a while, people will even forget she was even here. Says Alara. She got herself into this. She can get herself out of it. Remarks Ivy. Every time you try to see their faces, they turn away, almost as if they're refusing to even face you. Eventually, you grow too tired to even try to meet their gaze. They walk away. You were never alone. Not really. You had the core four, then you had Mina and her kids, and then there were the other kids in the home, then there was the troop, and finally you had the unusual order. The pitch black around you seems to be collapsing inwards towards you, suffocating you, and suddenly you fall to the ground. Only this time, you begin to sink into the ground below you. No one is coming to find you. No one can even really try to find you. You don't even know where you are. You're stuck up to your knees, then your waist, then your shoulders, then finally your head falls beneath the surface, leaving nothing behind for people to find. If they're even looking, that is. Good morning. Nope. <laughs> that is straight up disrespectful. Holy fuck. Uh, Lara and Ivy, you guys continue working on your projects until the morning sun starts to crust over the horizon. And as it does, Varys jolts. So Varys, you're right, he does sit full upright. He goes, <gasps> and he like audibly starts like choking, like he's gasping for air, can't get enough in. And he starts coughing profusely. And he's like, his hand is at his throat. Like it's like he can't breathe. And then finally... He's getting his breath back. His eyes are wide. He's in a cold sweat. And he, 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 you can tell that he doesn't quite know that he's awake yet. I think as soon as Alara hears it and kind of like looks over and sees what's happening, she drops uh, what's in her hands and kind of like rushes closer. Does Ivy come? I'm assuming Ivy does too. Oh yeah. Ivy does the same. Yep. Varys, hey, um... I think she's like reaching out, but like also is like super hesitant because, you know, it looks like they might not be with it, right? That's correct. Yeah. How close does she get? Probably too close, but like not on, you know. Okay. Well, as soon as he hears the voice, he his eyes snap up to her, not focused. He backs up real quick and he's like, get away from me. Much deeper voice than you remember. I think Alara looks confused for a second. Because that voice probably sounds vaguely familiar to her. Yeah, it might sound familiar. Uh, okay. Ivy puts uh, a hand, like hovering a hand, over Alara's arm. It goes, Fez, Fez, you're awake. <sighs> it's us. He takes a second, a few more deep breaths, and he's calm, calming. He looks at them, and he sees them now. And he says, um, I'm so sorry. Um... I didn't hurt you, did I? No. no. She hands him the decanter of endless water. <laughs> Coming so handy so far, like honestly. Such a great tool. Yeah, he gulped some of that shit down. What happened? Um, 
awful dreams. Um, sorry, I, I can't think. Just, um, take a few breaths. Um, it's okay, you're here. I mean, it's not, like, so great, but it's probably better than where you were. Much better than where I was. And he hands the canter back. Thank, thank you for that. She takes out her little rain rock and she taps it, so it starts doing, like, rain sounds. Cute. He just kind of, he just chuckles and thanks her for it. Ziva wakes up. The ground around her explodes. Like a mold earth situation? Like a mold earth situation. So we all turn around (laughs) immediately. Because her instinct would have been to move earth if she was getting sucked into something. So I think, yeah, just like the area around her, it's just like a spray of dirt as like the whole thing explodes away from her and she wakes up in a pit. (laughs) Holy shit. Ziva! She's just looking at Ivy at this point because I don't know if Varys is like with it by this. Not 100%. He didn't even move. <laughs> Alara runs over now to Ziva. I feel like you all would have been showered in dirt. Yeah, for sure. It's just as Varys is like apologizing and then just boom. I think he flips up to his feet and this like is ready to fight. He's like fight or flight. Ziva, I think, I think she wakes up in a, it just like, it all pushes out away from her. And so she wakes up in a pit and she like, she like gets up from this like mini grave that she's dug for herself and looks out at everyone. And she's like, at least I didn't set everything on fire. No, um, what happened? Did you also have a nightmare? Are you all right? Yeah, I I was sinking underneath the dirt, and so I guess I was trying to... Look, at least I didn't set everything on fire again. No, completely. And he walks over and reaches into the hole and pulls her strap, helps her out. Amara hands her the decanter of endless water (laughs) and also grabs the rain rock and just puts it in between the two of them. (laughs) And looks at Ivy and shrugs. Ivy shrugs back. What the actual fuck? I mean... These nightmares are intense. Not something you guys have had before, right? I I mean, I get nightmares all the time. Not like that. I mean, the last time I had such an intense nightmare, I did set everything on fire. Well, uh, fair, fair. Alara's like scratching her head and she's like, actually, this is pretty, um, pretty normal, I think. Last time we were standing on the mountain uh, on which I uh, was gifted by magic and uh, my mother was gunning for me. So is that woman around here somewhere? No, um, no, I don't think so. Different plane. But I wonder if... You guys mentioned something about nightmares at the Seder village? Yes. I mean, the townspeople were saying they had nightmares, but I only... They were little gray creatures. Is this the first one you've had here? No. I mean, I had it. I had a weird dream yesterday. I wouldn't say... I had an awful dream. Like, I mean, it was... No, it wasn't awful. It wasn't... I mean, it did start the same, though. Yeah, it started the same. They started the same? Yeah. And did they start um, after you went to the village? I haven't had a dream like that before. Although I do dream about about routines all the time. Okay, was well, was it just a routine or because it didn't seem? No, no, no. This time it wasn't just a routine. No, no, no. This time I was sinking into dirt. Oh, just not good. Not, no, not good at all. That's awful. Maybe we should stop by the Seder village on our way and see if 
I mean, at least if they've got something to remedy this. Or can tell us what's going on. Is it far? If their village is plagued by nightmares, maybe they've got to salve or something. I mean, I don't know the place well, but I feel like we're going in a similar direction to the one that we came from. And, I mean, it might be worth a stop, and I don't know if I can do that again. No, I don't think it's good for anybody if you guys have these nightmares still. Mm -mm. So you guys are going to continue the down the path, heading towards the Seder village? Yes, God. Alara's going to pick up the all the stuff she dropped, too. Ziva will press to digitate the dirt out of Starburst's mane. As you guys are walking, Varys, Ziva, you recognize, you start recognizing a couple turns in the in the woods that seem familiar, you know. So you have a feeling that you're heading in the, in the right direction at, uh, for, towards the Seder village. As you're all continuing to walk, all of you are hit with this really sickly sweet smell. But not in a bad way. Like, it's just, it's almost like a candy shop, but floral. It just, it smells so enticingly sweet. I need you all to make wisdom saves for me. Nope. 17. 15. 9. I got a 19 on die. Alara. Oh no. You're overwhelmed with this feeling of, that just smells so delectable. And it just entices you to just go a little bit off the path. You can see this really succulently sweet looking bright pink flower with a really nice looking orange yellow stamen in the middle that clearly has to be emitting this glorious glorious scent it's the only flower that you can see it's standing in the midst of these different shrubs and different trees do you approach it i mean i am i drawn to it <laughs> yes you are <laughs> yeah almost like you're charmed by it or something I I approach it. <laughs> As you approach the flower and you bend down to sniff at it and really drink in this delectable smell. As Alara bends down, she's about 10, about 10, 15 feet away from all of you. So really not far off. You all hear a, a low rumble in the ground. And then very, very suddenly, Alara, I need you to, at disadvantage, make a dexterity saving throw. Come on, Alara, you can do it. Lucky 13, 15. Too bad that's not good enough. Fuck! Oh! Fuck us! So okay. as the ground rumbles, very quickly as you all look over, you see these two large, fibrous, leafy jaws clap up and grab <gasps> Alara. And Lara, you are grappled. Holy fuck! Alara, no! <laughs> I need you all to roll initiative for me, please. Holy fuck, okay. 18. 15. Uh, 17 for Varys. 7. 7? Alarm! I need you all to make a dexterity saving throw for me. Okay. Dirty 20. 21. That is pants. That is That was a 12. You motherfucker. You make me unable to move. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> You're not unable to move. Okay. As the jaws of this flytrap whip up and grab Alara. It's so forceful that it'll, it shakes a small tree and it falls down right in your path, basically hitting Varys and knocking him prone and dealing eight points of damage. The other two, you are able to get out of the way. So I'm stuck under a tree. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're basically grappled. You're grappled by a tree. I'm obsessed with this imagery. <laughs> Ziva, it is your turn. I need to get the mouth open, right? Because the mouth is closed on Alara. Mm -hmm. I look at it and I go, 
maybe if it laughs. And I say, what are you doing, plant? Why don't you just leaf? And I cast hideous laughter. Fuck no. Oh. <laughs> maybe it'll spit me out. Why don't you just leave? What's the save for hideous laughter? A wisdom 15. You start all hearing. It doesn't have vocal folds or anything. It doesn't quite talk the way those shrubs you heard before were talking. But you hear this kind of like very breathy and gurgly laugh coming from the inside of this creature as its lips seem to part just a bit and it like doesn't fall over. It's chuckling to itself and is incapacitated, meaning that Alara, when you try to get out of it, if you try and do a strength check to get out while this is going on, you will have advantage on that. Cool. So I'm just jostling around inside right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rave up there. I will back Starburst up. Okay. Varys, it is your turn. Cool. Am I squished under this tree? Yes, you are. Yeah? It landed across you. You are prone and under a tree. Cool. So I guess, do I have to move it to get up? Or can I crawl out? Yes. It's a DC 12 strength check. I swear to God, Dice, you got me into this, you piece of shit. (laughs) I'm going to bonus action rage. Uh, That's a 17, so I'm out. So yeah, you are able to push the tree kind of off of you and get up. You used up your bonus action and your action. You have your movement. It's good enough. It's better than being fucking stuck under a tree. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's going to move closer to the plant and get ready to... It is now the flytrap's turn. The the flytrap is like giggling that gurgly giggle to itself. Oh, it can't. And it can't can't attack because it's currently incapacitated, but... I'm going to take damage because I'm inside of it. Bring it on. That's it. Yeah. So you're going to take. Okay. You take three acid damage. God, I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. Yeah. Okay. And that is its turn. It can't do anything as it's incapacitated right now. It gets to make another wisdom saving throw. Yes, it does. Thank you for the reminder. Okay. It stop. It kind of catches itself and stops giggling with a 19 on the wisdom save. That is Ivy's turn. Ivy is going to unsheath her sword and go, all right, let's fucking try this. So Ivy takes out the sword and whips it and the blade separates from the top and goes straight towards the, does it have a stem? There's like a base of it. It's not like sitting up on a stem, but it is like on a base. I want to target the base. That's a 17 to hit. That hits 10 damage. And then I'm going to bonus action, recall the sword. Um, And if anybody is watching Ivy, she's going to be grimacing the whole time. (laughs) Make a dex save. Okay, that is an 11. So very close. But that's also three points of extra damage. No, I'm sorry. It's seven. Okay, you do a nice chunk of damage on this. So with that grimace on your face, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. You feel the pressure on your wrist as the blade sits itself back into the hilt safely and not stabbing you. And as soon as that happens, she goes, fuck yes. <laughs> Alara, it is your turn. You are inside the belly of the beast. What's going on in here, Lex? Tell me, is it, what's the, am I cramped? It's pretty cramped. You're like kind of tied up against the sides of this thing. You can feel the acid around your feet kind of like biting at your toes. That's what was doing the damage before. You know, you might need need to need some new boots. It's a good thing you have another set in your inventory pair that you never touched. 
I should probably put those on, huh? At some point, but you're pretty tight against the walls of, of this plant, and you can see, like, shadows of things moving outside, like, there's light permeating through the, the green walls of the plant. Um, now that the plant is no longer laughing, you can't move too, too well. You will not have advantage on the strength check to get out. Does it look like if I pop up my catapult that it would fit in the space with me or would it be too big? You could try to get it in there, but that thing will also end up dealing, getting dealt acid damage as well. Um, It's a tight fit. I think I'm going to pop it up. Okay. And I'm going to try to shoot a ball bearing through like a piece of it and try to do some damage. Well, then I need you to roll at disadvantage. Well, it has to roll uh, a dexterity saving throw to see if it gets hit. But I feel like it would get hit because it's going to fly out of it. We're going to roll it as though it's an attack roll, not a dex save. Okay. Because there's no way for it to avoid it. Like, it can't predict or see that there's a ball bearing flying to its mouth. That's why I wanted to do it. (laughs) That was my thought process. Yeah, I'm thinking if you're using a crossbow at short short range, you'd have have disadvantage. Roll the hit at disadvantage. Motherfucker. That's an 11? No, that's a 12 to hit? You kind of pull the, the head of the catapult back, and as it hits the wall of the flytrap, it does nothing. It, you know, you barely, you just kind of, you hit a really thick part of the wall and it just doesn't do any damage. So now before we go back to the top of the order, I would like the three people outside of the Venus flytrap to make yet another deck save for me. 12. Uh, dirty 20. Uh, 11. As you're all standing there, you can feel that the floor of the forest that you're in kind of start to ripple and raise ever so slightly as the roots that span outside of the plant start to breach the surface of the soil. So Varys, you're able to kind of keep your footing as this happens. Ziva and Ivy, you both fall prone as the different roots and everything bulge up, causing you to lose your footing. And Ziva, it is your turn. I'm going to use my action to rummage in my bag and pull out a torch and a flint and light it. And I can get up half and I can move forward 15 as I light it. Varys, your turn. How far away am I? You are about 20 feet away. You started a rage last turn and lost it. That's okay. I'm going to bonus action rage again and going to go over to the mouth of it and try to pry it open. That's going to be a strength check. I'm using a different dice for the advantage. 19. You manage to pull at its mouth and open it up. You can't get Alara out in this turn. She's still in there, but the mouth is open. Perfect. I'm just going to make sure that I am standing on the edge of it and holding it up, like open. Make secure it. Anything else you'd like to do that turn? Just tell her to get the fuck out. (laughs) Alara, you take a grand total of eight acid damage. Ooh. I'm okay. And now that this thing is not incapacitated, it can use its wonderful three melee attacks. It is going to first off try and clamp its jaw down on Varys' hands, biting him. Am I going to lose my hand? We'll see. That is a 23 to hit. (laughs) (laughs) You take 15 points of piercing damage, halved to seven, and you then just see that 
the creature for one of its multi-attacks pulls out it, this large tendril kind of extends out of the base and comes up hanging up above you Varys and uh, is going to then try and hit you a 19 to hit oh that hits yep and then I need you to make a strength saving throw that's uh, a 22. You manage, as it kind of comes down to try and grab at you, you manage to kind of push it away with one of your free, with one hand that's free, uh, keeping it from grabbing at you. And that is, and that is its turn. Ivy, you're up. Ivy is going to stand up quickly and then fling her arm out. And from the points of her fingertips, an ice knife is going to form and shoot itself and lodge straight into the base of the plant. 18 to hit. That hits. And then it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. So do we. It's okay. Well, I'm flinging it at the base. So, Alara, you're good. I would say Varys still has to make a dexterity save because his feet would be closer to it. 19. The creature got a got an 18. Uh, you both save, uh, but it takes 10 points of damage. It's piercing damage. And instead of projectiling, it's just going to, like, melt away. All right, Alara, the mouth is starting to open. If you were to push and try and open it further, you could uh, get advantage on that strength save to get out. Or if you want to do attack, you could attack from the inside. No, I think I'm going to try to get out because I can only hit with my dagger and it's only a d4. Oh, that is very nice. That is a, well, I have a negative one, so that's an 18. An 18 is enough to, you push on the walls of this plant and the mouth opens enough for you to get out. Okay, so I think I will hop out. I'll say to Varys, don't go in there, it's really gross. I was not planning on it. (laughs) And then I will run. I guess I'll just move 15 feet away if I can, just to not be in its space, because... It is going to get an opportunity attack on you. Oh, okay. I'll stay there then. At the top of the order, you all feel that rumble one more time of the fuck of the roots kind of reaching up, um, spiraling out from the center of the plant. Uh, this time it's a little bit more forceful almost. It's like this terrain is a little bit more challenging to walk through at this point. And I need you all to make a dexterity save, please. I don't trust any of my dice right now. None. It's a seven. 10. <laughs> Dirty 20. That's a 17. As the rumble of the roots ripping up from the ground. Alara, you're a little uneasy on your feet. You're, maybe your feet got a little bit a little bit eaten away by some of that acid. You fall to the ground right next to this creature. And Ivy, even though you're a distance away, you again lose your footing and fall to the ground prone. Ziva, it's your turn. I'm going to take that burning torch. I am going to throw it into the mouth of the creature. Fucking get it, Diva. So you can make a, a ranged throw, a an attack roll to try and get it in there. Come on, come on, come on. Set on fire, do it. Or maybe maybe I'll just throw it at the base. Ziva takes the torch that she's just lit and she tosses it. Silver sparkles around her as the tides of chaos help guide. So I'm gonna roll with advantage. What a fucking cool visual though. So that is a 22 to hit. Hey, 
That's that's four points of fire damage. Almost imperceptible to anybody, as the silver flows around Ziva and seems to flow around the flaming torch as it goes end over end, it seems to grow brighter as it hits the stem of the plant and immediately the fire seems to jump to the stem and start to eat up the plant. Nice. As this fire hits the base of the flytrap, you all hear... It's a similar sound to that gurgling laugh that you heard before, but a lot more urgent and a lot more terrified sounding as it looks like it's a bit more hurt than you would expect. Well, you wouldn't be on fire if you had just spit out Alara when I made you laugh. (laughs) Touche. All right, uh, Varys, you are up. You are currently holding open still the mouth of the flytrap as Alara got out and immediately fell on the ground. <laughs> Mood. I just think he kind of deadpans looking at her, but she falls and he's like, all right, I'm just kicking off my acid boots. Steps down. He's going to pick up Alara and move half movement away and then set her down. You're going to start moving away? Yeah. Okay. That means Varys will elicit an opportunity attack. Yep. It crits. Oh. Of course it crits. Why? Why? I have so much regret. It's okay. Choices were made. We're good. <laughs> 16, 16, 18. Okay, I gotta get a calculator out now. It's a good thing I made that other character last night, I think. <laughs> it's a good thing you're fucking raging. Oh, it's half damage. This thing, as you try and steal its snack away from it, it whips around and bites down on your shoulder, dealing 44 points of damage, half to 22. Oh, <laughs> okay. It bites down and your shoulder is now profusely bleeding. Uh, it goes with the hand, it's fine. As you feel its sharp teeth sink into you, through mental fortitude and pure stubbornness, you charge forward and rip free of its grasp, feeling its teeth shred your skin as you pull away. I think he, he's definitely gonna cry out in pain. Like, let him, obviously, it's fucking, that's a lot of t- fucking damage. Holy shit. Okay, not doing that again. <laughs> and it's also, um, it's difficult terrain, so you only made it 15 feet away. That's okay. I'm a-okay with it. Can I just have, use my action to dash instead so I can get her at least away? Yeah. Enough away? That's fu- That's fair. You can- You're worse off than Alara is right now, I'm pretty sure. I don't so. go. Oh. Just FYI. I think that you sorely underestimate how much HP I have, but... <laughs> I have 20 left, so we're okay. <laughs> oh my god. It's now the plant's turn. One of the- that one tendril, since nobody is within range of the bite right now. That tendril reaches out and with a uh, 22 to hit, <laughs> grabs at Varys. But I I need you, Varys, I need you to make a uh, DC 15. The strength, you said, right? That's a 21. Okay, so it, it grabs at you and you're able, in your very angry, hurt rage, you're able to like sh- throw it off of you. And then as one of its other other actions it's going to bring out another tendril and this time go after ziva so that is a 23 ziva please make a dc 15 strength saving throw that is a seven you are now grappled by this creature as this tendril wraps around you and that is its turn ivy you're up 
It's still on fire, right? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna cast Control Flame, and I'm gonna turn that bitch up five feet. Fuck yes. That is going to be, I believe it's 1d6 of damage per five feet of fire, so it's gonna be 2d6 of damage at the top of the order. She's also going to start running towards Varys and Alara. Alara, it's your turn. You're on the ground still. Uh, Varys just kind of hauled your ass out of there. How far are we now from, from this thing? From How far are we from the tendril? You are about, I want to say, like 15 feet like sideways from the tendril, from or like 15 feet diagonally from the tendril, tendril and about 30 feet away from the creature itself. Okay, first thing I'm going to do is um, I'm going to bonus action uncork my nanobots to heal Varus for not very much, but it's better than nothing because I don't 100%. know how fucked up we are. <laughs> that's a four. So that's eight points back. Thank you. I'll take it. And then I'm going to throw on my gloves. I'm going to stand up. I don't need to move. And I'm going to start charging up the glove. Um, it needs to make a strength saving throw of 14 or higher. Got a 16. Motherfucker. Okay. She flings out her hand and I think it just goes, the lightning goes wide and it doesn't make contact. At the top of the order, when you feel that tremble in the ground happen again, I need Alara, Varys, and Ivy to make dexterity saving throws. I fall down again. <laughs> Finally, Jesus, 16. Uh, 14. With a 14 and a 9, Varys and Alara both get hit by another tree. <laughs> no! <laughs> As a reaction, can I, like, throw myself over? She's right fucking beside me. <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay, if you, you. want to throw yourself over her so she takes half damage, that's no. fine. I would, oh I would appreciate that. Uh, that is a total of seven, uh, seven damage halved to three for each of you. Um, and then I'm gonna roll much damage this plant is taking let's say four and a two it takes six five points of fire damage which looks like it hurts it a lot it starts gurgling in that really disgusting acid acidic gurgle as the flames start to make its way up the bulbous leaves at the top ziva you are currently grappled you can still attack this tendril ziva is being held up in the air by these tendrils that have wrapped around her waist, but her hands are still free and her eyes kind of flash a red color as she looks at the plant and she grins and she makes an up motion with her hand. And with that, she uses control flame to nice. fan the flames for another, 50, another five yes. feet so that yes. 15 feet of this plant is on fire. Motherfucker, yes, yes get it. Ziva, what the fuck? That will be at the top of the order when it takes another now 3d6 damage for fire. I feel like Ziva has an affinity for arson. <laughs> Varys, it's your turn. You are now currently sandwiched between a tree and Alara on the ground. How's Alara looking? She's fine. If you were to look at her feet, you would see that her feet, like the soles of her shoes have kind of been eroded away and like her, her feet have kind of been. I kicked my boots off because they. I feel like they were getting eaten away. Your feet were also damaged. She looks she looks like she's at about half health. <laughs> he looks at Alara, grins, and he's like, well, hello there. Oh, hello back. And he pushes the tree off. So we're going to make a strength check. 21 for strength to push the tree off. So with a 21, you manage to, you like kind of push up, like do a push up on the ground and get enough leverage to kind of roll it off your back and both you and Alara 
still prone, are safe on the ground. But that was your action. You can still move and do a bonus action if you'd like. I think he's going to get up off of her, of course, and then step around her. So he's like facing the plant. I think that's and he's going to bonus action summon his scythe. Just get ready. It is the flytrap's turn. It is going to first off, but pull Ziva straight to it and then attempt to bite her. <laughs> you cocksucking plant. I swear to God. 22 to hit. As you're struggling against this thing and it pulls you closer and gives a nice little bite, one of its jagged teeth kind of grazes the inside of your calf, dealing 16 points of piercing damage. And then it has one more move and it's going to use its other tendril to reach out and Ivy, it's going to reach out and try and grab at you. Okay. It's a 22 to hit. No. (laughs) Sucks because I'm going to still make you do a strength check or strength save, please. Uh, that is a... 18. Yeah, so it kind of swings at you and tries to grab you. You manage to just kind of, like, bat it away, and it doesn't grab at you. Ivy, you're up. So Ivy, as she's running towards Alara and Varys, she's going to spot a... which is like a dead, withered vine out of the corner of her eye, and she's going to snatch it up, twist it into a loop, and then she's going to cast Wither and Bloom. Mm-hmm. And the creature needs to make a constitution saving throw. As the vitality is taken out of it, she's going to direct it at Varus, and Varus can spend a hit die for free to regain those points, plus my spellcasting ability modifier. That's a Sapria, but thank you. I am going to roll this at disadvantage for the plant. That is a four. Okay, so it takes nine points of damage. As this spell hits it, You see that, especially along the side that isn't currently engulfed in flames, that the plant is starting to wilt from the base up. It's not dead, but it's pretty damn near close. And then, is there anything else you'd like to do? Any bonus actions? She's going to use the rest of her movement to get as close to Ziva as possible. So you're probably about five feet-ish away from Ziva and the beast. Right in front of the flames, so it's getting a little toasty. Alara, you're up. You see that along, like, the different fibrous parts of the plant that it is thinning and thinning and thinning more and more and almost certain parts are becoming opaque as the necrotic plant killing energies rising up from the base and fire is eating at it from the side cool um i'm gonna whip out my crossbow (laughs) and i'm gonna aim at the tendril that is holding uh, if it drops eva is she gonna take damage if she falls no you wouldn't take any damage you're good okay does a 21 hit? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> that is eight points of damage. This thing is nearly dead. It screeches out that gurgly, acidic screech. And just for shits and giggles, we're going to see how much damage it takes from that fire. Eight points of fire damage. As that crossbow bolt pierces into it, that last bit of fire that was brought up by Ziva just a few moments earlier cause it, the culmination of both attacks end up causing the thing to screech out and the two halves of the mouth fall open as it catches fully on fire and wilting at the same time. It's basically like burning dead leaves and Ziva you you kind of fall a little quickly to the ground but you fall safely outside of the reach of the fire like just outside the fire next to Ivy and you guys are out of combat 
Holy hey. fuck. Okay, I'm going to immediately run over to Ziva and cast Cure Wounds. Ziva looks at Ivy and smiles a little bit and then looks back at the fire and seems a little transfixed by it, as if she's set things on fire a couple too many times. Ivy waves her hand in front of her face, goes, Hello, Earth. Earth to Ziva? I think that you are an arsonist in the making. So was this one of the appropriate times for arson? So appropriate. That was great. Absolutely. Alara's just nodding her head. We need to take a short rest. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I, I have 13 hit points. Can we put out the fire first? We'll both use control flames. It'll take us 12 seconds to close it down. You guys put out the flames and you're left with the charred carcass of a wilted flytrap. Ivy kicks it. <laughs> When you kick it, you do notice that there's a, a small pool of acid kind of seeping out of the mouth. Hey, Alara, Alara, did you want some acid? do you want some of this? <laughs> he looks at Ziva because they say this at the same time. I'm sitting on the floor with no shoes on and I'm going to hand you two vials and I'll just be like, hey, do you mind like scooping some of that up for me? Just be really careful. I need to. And she looks down at her feet and then she looks at her boots and she just goes, I really like those boots. Pulls out another pair of boots. Are those the boots we found in the mine? Mm -hmm. You're going to put them on? I am. They're kind of cool. They're going to let me walk on walls and stuff. I probably should have put them on before, but... Well, weren't they on somebody's dead feet? Mm -hmm. Let me help take the stink away. <laughs> and the silver energy kind of spirals up her hand as she snaps... And it kind of shoots out and leaves like a clean, fresh smelling, like a new car smell. Awesome. I would like to use my mage hand to use the bottle, collect some acid into the bottles. You collect two small vials of flytrap acid. Can Varys investigate the plant, see if there's anything kicking around? Yeah, go for it. What are you looking for? This looting. See if there's anything interesting around Roll it. Roll investigation. Uh, 18. You see that everything around it has caught on fire and has been murdered and destroyed, as well as that wither and bloom. Any weaker plants would have died. Apart from the acid that Ziva is currently mage-handing to grab, you don't really see anything of note. Good enough. He's going to um, go over to Ziva. You all right? Oh, Yeah. Good. Nice job with the fire. So, yeah, that was no problem. I um, have the ability to create damaging magic, but last time I used it when we were fighting that night, those nightmare creatures, I just, I felt like some of my life force drain out of me when I tried using it. So I'm really nervous that that, that might happen again. Maybe it's a sign that I shouldn't be using damaging magic. Your magic is um, chaotic in nature. It reminds me of something called wild magic. Yeah, that's what Ivy says too. Sometimes your magic will have adverse effects. One of, that could be one of them. But I don't think they're the same every time. There's a small chance that it might happen again, but I don't think it's guaranteed to. Well, don't want to risk it. I feel like I aged six years just out of the blue and you know if i age another six years that'll make me like 32 
And that's like really old. Warren goes, hey. I <laughs> <laughs> think he just chuckles. Like pats her on the back. It's like um creative with the with the torch. I liked it. After he's sure Ziva's okay, he goes over to Alara to check in on her. Asks if she's alright. Um, I think she's sitting on the ground and she's lacing up her new boots and she just looks up at him and she goes, oh yeah, um, I've already healed up and, you know, thanks to you, I didn't die. And um, she pats the ground next to her, kind of gesturing for him to sit down. (laughs) He kind of gives a little half smile and he removes his torn up shirt with his good arm since it's not really serving its purpose anymore. Um, He balls it up and sets it on the ground beside him as he takes the seat next to Alara. He's he's tired, um, more so than usual, and it's pretty obvious, I think, by the way that he flops <laughs> instead of just sitting down gracefully. <laughs> I'm glad, but you did almost get eaten by a plant. Are you sure you're alright? She shrugs. Yeah, I guess. And mostly I'm really bummed that the acid ate away at my good boots. But seriously, thanks for helping me get out of there. He gives a half smile in response, but it doesn't really reach his eyes. I'm just glad you're alright. That you all are. For the most part. He wipes the blood off of his hands using the clean part of his old shirt and starts looking through his pack. She goes, um... Okay, so I know we kind of talked about it once before, um, and I feel like maybe I should clarify. You know that you don't have to keep doing that, right? Like putting yourself in so much danger like that for us. And she gets up on her knees and moves closer um, to inspect their wounds. And she just goes, I mean, look at your shoulder. He pauses in the search, kind of looks up to her and then looks at his shoulder for the, the first time, I think. Like he forgot it was there almost. Too much adrenaline. She pulls out a bottle of um, one of her healing salves um, and she kind of holds it up and she's like, can I? Yes, if, if you don't mind. Thank you. She just nods and she'll uncork the vial um, and start kind of carefully applying it. I'm aware that I don't have to and I know, I know that you three can handle yourselves. You're more than capable. I just... I can take the hits. I'm used to it, and I'm good at it. Okay, right. Um, I guess I don't really care um, if you're good at it or used to it. My point is that I'm concerned you're going to get yourself killed or at least permanently maimed. If I die or get permanently maimed, it's not your fault or any of yours. It's on me. And besides, if I'm to die, I want it to be for something worthwhile, doing something good. He pauses and he thinks about it, not really looking at Alara. And he's kind of like playing with his right hand a little bit, like rubbing the palm. He says, um, I can't really think of a better reason than ensuring the goodness you all bring to this world gets to live on. I think she takes out a cloth and like wipes the, the salve off of his shoulder. Okay, well, please don't die for us or anyone else because I don't know, I kind of like having you around. And did you ever think that someone might miss the goodness you bring to the world, too? Uh, he seems a little surprised. Like, the words kind of struck him weird. He Obviously, he didn't think about that, and he gets a little guarded from it, not gonna lie. No, it hadn't occurred to me. The little good that I've done is nowhere near enough to make up for everything, and it likely never will. Okay, well... 
I know that you don't want to tell us um, about your past, but if you ever decide to talk about it, I'm here. Um, and until then, I don't know. I think it counts that you're trying to be better or different or whatever. And if that's still not good enough, um, at least let the good you do for us count for something. And and seriously, Varys, I don't need you to carry me away from danger like that. I've never seen you this hurt before. That thing really could have killed you. Well, what the fuck was I supposed to do? Just stand by and watch you get hurt when I could have done something about it? Should I have watched you get bitten in half by that plant? Or dissolved in acid in its mouth? She, um... She kind of hesitates to answer. Because I don't... I don't... What the hell is she gonna say? <laughs> exactly. So she kind of stares at him for a moment, and I think her skin is kind of, like, splotchy because she's upset, and that's what happens when she gets upset. She's got, like, red patches, um, and she doesn't know exactly what to say. And then she goes, no, I, I mean, I didn't want to get eaten by a plant, but I don't know, did you? Varys, do you have a death wish or something? You have a habit of asking questions that you don't want answers to. Okay, well, I only ask questions that I want answers to, why else would I ask them? So he, he, um, I think he looks at her weirdly for a little bit, kind of like, it's interesting that she's sassing him back. And, um, I don't know that he's quite used to having arguments about something like this with anyone. So he doesn't know how to answer. Well, she's going to exactly them right back. Um, <laughs> she just kind of goes, exactly. And you have a habit of throwing yourself into deadly situations, even though no one asked you to. Yeah. So I think Ivy is just... Um, standing there with a raised eyebrow, kind of debating if she wants to get involved. Oh, well, uh, Ziva has begun slowly crawling up behind them, sort of doing a crab walk. Varys is not paying attention to either of them and looks at Alara and goes, well, what the fuck am I here for then? I don't have much else to offer the three of you. Varys, what are you talking about? Did you ever think that we want you here because we enjoy your company, that we care about you? And she puts the salve back in her pocket and gets up and she just goes, you know what? Don't answer. You're right. I'm asking questions I don't want answers to. And she walks over to the dead plant and like makes a show of inspecting it because she's angry and she doesn't know what else to do and she doesn't want to talk to Varys anymore. Um, I think he watches her go. Not really sure how to respond to that. Decides probably better not to. But under his breath, because he's a piece of shit, <laughs> he goes, I don't want you to care about me. So Ziva and Ivy are both behind Varys, and Varys may have been trying to say that under the breath, but it was definitely audible to the two of them. And Ziva kind of scrunches up her nose. That's a weird energy to bring to the table. I think he jumps a bit, actually. Like, he didn't expect you guys to be right there behind him um, was lost completely in their conversation. So he turns around and looks, sees you like right there. Like, I get that we're all traveling together just because Alessandra decided that we would make a good team. But I mean, I suppose if that's how you want us to play it, we could all try not caring about each other. It just doesn't seem like a really healthy way of traveling together or fun or nice like I thought we had like a whole thing with our routines and like working out together like I thought we had a rapport I mean I guess I was wrong 
I was under the impression that this was a working relationship. This would be it. After we were done, we would go our separate ways. I didn't know that meant that just because you're going to go your separate ways doesn't mean that you choose not to care about the people while you're with them. Doesn't it? No, I mean, everybody's left me if I decide not to care about anybody until they are going to stick around forever, then there's no one to care about. Right. Is that how you want things to be? I think he's really thinking about this. This is a whole new perspective that he hasn't really been faced with before. And if you don't care about us, then why are you throwing yourself? No, that, see, that's the problem. I don't want to care about you, but I do. And it makes things infinitely more difficult. So, maybe we just accept that we all unwillingly care about each other and you don't pursue a death wish. <laughs> what do you think, Ivy? I think Ivy was very taken aback by the first statement Varys made, um, which was, I don't want to care about you. I think that really, like dredged up a lot of shit for her so I think right now she's kind of just doing that thing that people do when they want to still be part of a conversation but don't know what to say she's like rocking back and forth and I think she's very she's trying very hard not to cry right now and she kind of like ping pongs between the two as they're talking back and forth and then Varys says that he does care about us and um I think Ivy goes, you know, I'm not really sure what to say right now. Um, sorry. I, I think, um, I think she, she now looks up at Varys and I think she looks him in the face as much as she can being so much shorter than him and says, I am sorry. He looks confused. So does Eva. So does Alara, who's listening to the conversation from far away. Why are you sorry? I'm sorry that, um, this is the first time that people actually care about you in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And it makes me uncomfortable as well. And I don't know what I would have done if Alara was suddenly gone either. But whatever brought us together knew what they were doing. We're all four fucked up individuals who have the capacity to care and to love and we love each other and that's okay and it's okay to be scared and it's okay to be upset about it because I'm also fucking upset about it. I didn't have anything to care about prior but now I do and now I'm faced with situations where those people that I care about most likely are going to be ripped from me before I'm okay with it and if one of you were gone before I was okay with it. I understand. I understand the anger on both of your parts, and I understand. I understand what you're saying as well, Ziva. I do, and it sucks that we all understand it. But we're here, and we've got to get through it. Unless we all want to part ways for some whatever fucking reason. But I'm going to hold on to this as much as I can, and as tight as I can, and as loving as I can, because I love all of you. I think that every time Ivy says the words, 
or the word love, his face screws up a little bit. Not like he's revolted by the idea. It's like it hurts to hear it. Um, and it's the one, it's like the one time that he can't school his expression and he hates it. When she says that she's never had people to care about before, um, a look of sorrow comes over his face. It's there for just a moment and gone just as fast as it appeared. And you watch as a memory plays behind his eyes and for a moment he's lost to it. And then he closes his eyes and seems to almost shake it away, push it away. Whatever it was, wherever he was, it wasn't a good place. And he shakes his head, says, um, I'm sorry that you had no one to care for you, that you'll likely have to deal with loss far before you're ready to. I don't know if you could ever be ready, but the reason that I don't, that I can't do this again, he takes a moment and kind of rubs his hand over his face, trying to think of how to say this without giving too much away. I have loved before, fiercely and recklessly, with everything that I am, and they were taken away from me, not because they died, but because they had interpreted our relationship differently than I had. I held on to something that had died long ago in the wake of our goals and therefore misunderstood my place, my use. He looks away, clearing his throat a little bit before he continues. And I can't do that again. I cannot trust that it will not happen again. Oh, well, I mean, there's a fairly simple way to to deal with that. I mean, Alara, Alara, come over here. Enough pretending that you're looking at a damn plant. <laughs> we know that you're listening. She was, I think she was melting a stick in the acid <laughs> of the plant this whole time. Yeah, I, okay, yeah. She comes over, like, I think feeling pretty stupid overall. And Ziva sticks the three, the four of them are standing in a circle and Ziva sticks a hand in and says, so we agree to care for each other, even though it's super uncomfortable and painful and sometimes the past feels like it's suffocating us. And we agree to protect each other, but not in a way that would make each other feel guilty because we got ourselves killed on each other's behalf. Does that sound like a good agreement? I will do my best. That's really all we can ask for. Ivy puts her hand in. Alara puts her hand in. Very awkwardly and uncomfortable with all of the emotion and hand touching and all of it. I don't think Varys doesn't look like he wants to put that hand in there at all. Not at all. This doesn't work if we don't all agree. Um, we can try to agree. And we can right? always... Like that's... That's a good point. We can always revisit this later. I promise this isn't binding. I'm not a fae. He looks at her for a moment. <laughs> yeah, Alara. And then Alara looks at Ivy like, are we doing a weird thing right now? <laughs> Ivy does the little so-so hand motion. <laughs> 
like, um, alright. And he puts his hand on theirs. And goes, I will do my best not to get myself killed on your behalf. Or just... At all. Period. I'll do my best not to get killed, period. <laughs> I'll do... <laughs> he just he chuckles to himself a little bit and goes, I'll do my best not to get myself killed in general. I'll do my best not to get killed in general. Are we all... Are we repeating this? Is this a plot? No. Are we saying it? Or... I, I, if That felt like that energy. I don't... Four, three, two, one, not... Or... Not dying on someone else's behalf. Three. Oh, okay. Yep. One. <laughs> Four, three, one, two, two. One. Not dying. <laughs> we never get. We stand there for hours and hours. Ferris takes his hand away and leaves. <laughs> on this very uncomfortably weird moment, um, we're going to leave it here tonight while you guys try and figure out what fucking chant you want to do to pledge your fucking allegiance to each other. <laughs> <laughs> As the camera pulls back, you just hear, and Varys, I promise I'll never hit on you. He walks over to a tree and hits his head off of it very gently several times. When Ivy does say that, though, I think maybe Alara and Ziva in unison just go, we know. (laughs) Varys literally looks up from the tree, looks at them and goes, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. (laughs) And scene. And that is where we're leaving it tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are so grateful for all of the continued support. If you want more content, check out our Ko-Fi, where you can leave a tip or subscribe to support the podcast. And you can get access to early episodes, the Rainbow Dice Club chat after show, character journals, deleted scenes, and so much more. Special thanks to our Green Fiend Ko-Fi supporters, Josh from Tabletop Journeys podcast and Michael. Don't forget to follow us on all socials at Rainbow Dice Club. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us reach a lot more cool people like you. All right, friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. And just remember that wherever you are in your journey, you are valid, you are accepted, and you are welcome at our table. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Wayra here. Every month, we select a charity to support And when we consider the trauma our community is facing right now, it only felt right to bring back the Trevor Project. For those who aren't familiar, the Trevor Project provides support and crisis intervention to our LGBTQ2IA plus youth 24-7, 365 days a year. They also conduct research, public education, and advocacy. The world is a scary place right now for our community. There is no question we've had a big setback in our history. We here at the Rainbow Dice Club will always be a safe space for every member of the LGBTQ2IA plus community, and that will never change. If there's anything the TTRPG community knows, it's that when one of our party members is attacked, we all roll for initiative. So, to all those who fight, we are with you. To all those who are still closeted and afraid, you are valid in your identity regardless of its visibility. To all those who are struggling, we hear you. If you need to step back and stay away from the events, that's okay. Rest and take the time you need. Know that you are not alone and these dark times in our history will not last forever. We hope you stick around with us to see it get better. Love you all and please remember that no matter where you are in your self-discovery journey, you are valid, you are loved, you are accepted, and you are always welcome at our table. Moira? Oh, I got called on, did I? Okay. (laughs) Okay, mommy. Hello. Oh, what? No, don't That's kind of what it sounded like. Remember, it's it's daddy when we talk about Ari. <laughs> it was a generic mommy. His pronouns are daddy. <laughs>
<laughs> daddy and His pronouns daddy. are dad and E. Daddy. <laughs> daddy. <laughs> Do you see that like we're in a podcast, Ariana? No. Oh my god, Alara's hitting something with her crossbow? For the Yay. first no, I've been hitting, guys. i <laughs> I've been doing better. Alara's first crossbow hit. We could just say no. It is the plant's turn though. <laughs> You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm about to die, aren't I? Cool. I think he's going to get up off of her, of course. And then... <laughs> Y'all, why you got to make this weird? You, so... you're gonna, you, you did a push up, and then you're going to do a push down, and then another up. This is not a magic mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I deserve this. This is fine. Um, we're both bloody and broken and dying slowly. Um, <laughs> as the player is dying. 